And if there's a will, there's a way. I no one paid my college. I paid myself through. I did all the paperwork. I learned to find my own way. Failing. 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 I know. We talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. And a blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. I am so privileged and honored to have Dr. Claudia, and she's going to correct me because I know I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm going to try really hard, Claudia. Jakubzik. Jakubzik. Yay, Dr. Claudia. I'm just going to go with Dr. Claudia because it makes me feel so much better. Is yeah, that right? Or Claudia is fine. <laughs> or Claudia. <laughs> she is an associate professor at Dartmouth and an immunologist. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Thank you for being here. All right. Tell us where you grew up, family of origin. Okay. Um, so I grew up in South Florida, pretty much uh, on the beach. Um, my family of origin Beautiful. is uh, Peruvian. Um, but when growing up in the eighties in South Florida, nine, I felt like nine out of 10 speaking people, Spanish people are Cubans. Cubans yes. are very different from other Latin Americans in this, in the culture of the United States. Like they have political asylum. They're your Marco Rubio's, your, um, you know, Ted Cruz kind of people. They're not. Okay. I was shocked when I left Florida and Latins were looked as less than because that was not my experience at all in my upbringing. Um, so, so yeah. it's, so it's, so it's a completely different culture to grow up in with, with Cubans. And how is that different per, from Peruvians? Well, I mean, so now South Florida is everything, right? It's like, it's like just mm -hmm. almost like cut it off and it's its own little country. Um, so in, in South Florida, you had everything. It wasn't that there was, like a Peruvian group or like, I mean, I had friends from Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay, Nicaragua, everywhere. But, but growing up, yes. the majority of people that I personally encountered were Cubans. And again, it's its own mm -hmm. separate feeling because um, they don't, if they land in this country, they, they were given citizenship. So it's not, it's not the same as other others and there's this there's this it's just different so do they just to clarify even more so because they're given citizenship right mm -hmm. away do they is there like a class system where they think they're there, there is a better than other or no I mean, no i mean i just i just didn't like just to give you an example no i mean my, yeah. my, my parents also had citizenship it's not like we were illegal or anything um, my father was okay. a my grandfather was a clinician and brought the family over and so forth. Um, so yeah. um, it's just that, like at one point when I was a teenager, I went to Texas and was was having a facial by clearly a Mexican woman who dyed her hair blonde but yeah. looked so indigenous. And um, and so as she's as she's giving me a facial, I said, "Oh, de dónde eres?" Like in Spanish, just because I thought she was going to tell me mm -hmm. her little village that she's from and she goes 
no speak Spanish. <laughs> and I'm like, who are you fooling? You know, you're not fooling anybody. You totally speak Spanish. And I told her this in Spanish and she goes, shh, I'm Mexican. I'm like, yeah, no joke. And so, and uh, to me, that was pure shocker because I had never met a yeah. person who was trying to hide who they were. And, and then I started okay. realizing outside of my bubble of South Florida, um, there's racism and I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't recognize yeah. that. Um, cause we don't have that. Yeah. Our mayors, our lawyers, the doctors are all Cubans. <laughs> so, so I didn't, they're not your gardeners and your cleaning ladies. And I mean, sure they can be, but, but it, it, I didn't have of course. These, like, now I'm getting, you know, what I, I didn't have this, like, there wasn't a, there divide. wasn't a divide. Yeah. There was, it was everything. It was the norm. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah. So I didn't grow up with that kind of, um, experience. South Florida, very Hispanic oriented. Like it's the norm. norm, Okay. Uh, it's the norm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so your parents moving over here wasn't a big Mm -mm. deal. They had citizenship. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you, I've read an article having English as a second language was a difference. Yeah. And so maybe share how that impacted education, et cetera. So, I mean, so that article is in JEM, Journal of Experimental Medicine. It's a, it's the, it's a really great journal for scientists. And so that article had to be buffered for my colleagues. Like I can't, like you don't grad. So I I wrote that I graduated uh, high school at a third grade reading level. I mean, it's not just because I didn't have books. I mean, there's a lot more going on there than, than books um, or the lack of. Okay. But, but it's, it's a scientific journal, and I just really can't divulge a lot of personal stuff there. But, yes. but um, and I probably won't hear either. But I just, just, to, just to say that I grew up in South Florida with a very Miami Vice kind of feel. Lots of drugs, okay. lots of partying. I mean, I was 14, clubbing at 6 a.m. in the morning, you know, in these amazing gay clubs in the Cameo Theater and then going to after parties at 6 a.m. You know, so like it was a completely oh different lifestyle that I just couldn't even imagine my children ever experiencing who are 16, 14, and 9, like not even close. And so... Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so it's, you know, I had very absentee parents and who were struggling emotionally themselves. And, and so I just partied my butt off in high school and I went mm-hmm. up and down going to raves and disappearing for weeks and my parents not noticing. And so, so it's... How many, did you have any siblings? I did. So, 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 so my sister... Was he, she was like almost valedictorian. Like, so we, so we did like the polar opposite. Like, instead of, instead of her going crazy with, with the lifestyle that we had, what she did was she hide, she hid behind books and in the library. And in mm-hmm. high school, she was most of the times being bused to a, to a university because they just couldn't keep up with her level of, um, Wow. Uh, of, uh, yeah, um, knowledge learning. and learning. Yeah. And so, whereas yeah. I, on the other hand, like, well, she was number one on 800 and something people. I was the last one <laughs> on that list, but it wasn't, it wasn't because <laughs> clearly it wasn't due to the lack of the ability to be intelligent. It was 
due to the way we coped with our with our home life, right? And and how we both escaped mm-hmm. the reality of our lives. Yeah. And just differently. Yeah, very differently. We but and we're only a year apart. And so in many ways when we wow. were when we were she was one year ahead of me. When we were kids, well, at, at that age, I remember going year after year in high school and they were like, oh my gosh, you're Elise Jacobsic's sister. This is going to be amazing. I'm like, mm. <laughs> 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 this is terrible. What a setup. Little do you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, but the heart, you know, in the end, when your moral values are still the same, even though the way you express yeah whatever the events are going on in your lives differently. So, so, so I don't think we would have ever been friends, although now we're best friends, um, of course, right? Because our lives are now peachy, hunky-dory and settled. So she's a year ahead mm-hmm. of you. At what point do you, where, is, where are the crossroads for you when you make a choice to not hang out at the raves anymore? So I grew up, so my, my father was an electrical engineer and uh, we didn't have money for whatever reason, but um, he had rigged our TV so that I, it could only, I could only see PBS. And so as a kid, I thought that National Geographic, Nova, Jacques Cousteau, Carl Sagan, Cosmos, all those things were actually real shows. And, and I didn't realize that there was, I don't know, growing pains and who's the boss and all that stuff. And so, like, <laughs> Doctor Who was a cool show. And so, um, um, so I always had a love for science. And I, I think the reason why I watched these shows was it was because it was the only way I could connect with my dad. Like, it was when he would spend time with me. So, so, so I would watch it with him. Um, but then... It, it affects you, right? You, you, you see beauty in nature, but so much to the point, I mean, there's so much ignorance in my life too, right? To, to the point that I think for the longest time, I thought my sole purpose in life was to procreate because all I saw was all these animals fighting to the death to pass on their genes, right? <laughs> so like, I mean, just these yes. weird things, right? That you, that you, like that I, to the, you know, that when I'm looking at a, a partner, I'm like, is he, you know, strong enough? And, you know, like I'm measuring him up, like genetically. Stop. And so I know it's this is true, right? You you just get too wrapped up in this stuff. So, um, but, um, I don't know. So that's interesting, though, because that becomes a theme for you around genetics and and science i mean really so right so i love science but i also loved um but then somehow so so my parents got divorced we lost everything i was such a street kid um and um who'd you live with oh with friends boats like i just i just partied a lot and and um and i think at one point I realized I was just really a big loser and, and, and I was at a club. It was my senior year. I wasn't graduating. I, the, the, I actually took my SATs, I think on like two hits of acid and candy flipping. And I don't know, but like the, the, the stuff was, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I, if I'm allowed to giggle. You can that, giggle. I it kind of want to giggle. Please. At it. I mean, I'm you sorry. know what? I honestly, I've had so many horrible things happen to me in the past that like, I look back and there's nothing I can do about it. Like I can live in the past or I can right. move forward. 
you know, I, that's I right. never, I ne- right. you know, so, so empathy out of me is very hard, but like, um, because you can't change your past, no matter what horrific events happen, you can't change them. You just can just yeah. be like, wow, that really sucked. And I'll try and yeah. avoid that situation or that event again. And so, um, yeah. and if you can learn from it, great. Um, but, but yeah, so, so my counselor called me in and said, you know, you get 200 points for filling out your name, right? You have less. <laughs> I was like, yeah, cause the thing, stuff was swirling. Stop. It was Stop. like, it oh, was like God. making design bubbles and coming in and out. <laughs> like, oh, it was awful. I mean, and the worst, I mean, it's just, yeah, that's how bad it was. And so, um, so anyway, I'm at a club and, and we're in the, in that article, I talk about this, we're in this circle and I had a club for every single night. I knew all the owners and bouncers and flawed. I could go to every club every night and cause it's South Florida. And, um, the girl next to me, her name's Tigger. She starts and, and she was a really good friend of mine. What do you want to be when you yeah. grow up? And she's like, I want to be a lawyer. And we all laugh because we're all a bunch of losers and we know this will never happen. So we laugh really hard. And then the next person says what they want to be and the next person, the next person. And then it comes to me, about 10 of us. And then I was like, oh, I want to be a doctor. And the guy next to me just laughs really hard and hits me in the back of the shoulder and says, what's your last name? Like, <laughs> what? Make sure to never go to you. And that's when I realized that I was like, oh, my God, I'm a loser, too. And so and so, you know, here I was laughing at everyone else, but everyone's now laughing at me. And no, this isn't going to be my Mm -hmm. destiny. And so I got up and I said, I'm going to come take tons of pictures this week and you're never going to see me again. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We'll see you at, I don't know, around the world or one of those clubs tomorrow, which they did. But I only went through once. To pick, I love taking pictures. I record my life, and uh, yeah, and that was it. And I okay. Can I just pause on yeah. this? If you were to like, where did you get that uh, confidence to say, mm. "Now you're done"? Like, where your mom or your dad or an aunt or or just internal? Like, how did you get that? I mean, I think that. So I, I'm alone, right? Like I'm, I'm managing, figuring out my life alone. I have no one to support me. I have nothing to fall back on. So I think that what you either have to strap your Mm. boots and move forward or, or you have nothing. So I, I don't think it's that like, I think it was a decision where I realized I have nothing right? like I have all this club and right, partying right. And, and the safety of maybe this imaginary high school, but that's ending and, and there's nothing in the horizon and I don't want to be nobody. And, um, and I also yeah. understood the, the like attracts like I actually understood it chemically. And so I realized that if I want to be surrounded by people like what I want to be in the future, I have to become that. I can't just like, you know. Okay. How did you know that at 18? I didn't know that. At how 18. did it? Did you get it from Jacques Cousteau? <laughs> I, like attracts like, right? Like it's just, you don't, you don't, you don't, you can't marry no matter how pretty you are. You can't marry into like good. I, I don't want to say good society because honestly, that sounds really snobbish. Um, 
but just good people or whatever that, that yeah, definition yeah. is. I mean, just because you're a doctor and a lawyer doesn't make you better than other people. But but in, in my world, it was that simple. Like if I wanted to be surrounded by those kinds of people, I needed to become that kind of person. Yeah. No, I totally get it. What were the other options for women your age in that predicament? If you didn't go this way, what what would you have ended up being, doing? Interesting. You know, so I think that my dad had, I bought into the, this is the land of opportunity. And, and I remember making a bed and several times him saying, you know, I don't, I don't care what you become, whatever you become, just get a PhD in it. If you want to become like a, you know, a trash collector, just get a PhD in it, just become the best at it because this is the land of opportunity and any dream is possible. And I wasn't, you know, and in, in many ways it is right there, there are very few countries, most like if you want to become a doctor or a businessman or engineer or whatever, like in Europe, you have to test into it after high school. I would have tested out because I couldn't test. And so I would have lost that opportunity. So even if those are first world countries, I would have never been able to become anything because I missed that window out of high school. Yeah. So whereas in this yes. country, you, you can reinvent yourself. And, and I really do believe in that. Like in, and if there's a will, there's a way. And I think, I think over and over again, I, I really prove that to myself. So, so I do believe this is a land of opportunity. I still believe it. And, and if there's a will, there's a way. I, no one paid my college. I paid myself through. I did all the paperwork. I learned Amazing. to find my own way, right? I ate lots of lentils and rice and ramen noodles and, <laughs> you know, had roommates forever. And so, <laughs> but you... Yeah. You you know a real shitty car, but you you so what? I also had a ton of friendships, and and the truth is, you can have all the money in the world, but if you have no one to share it with and experience it with, it means nothing. So so, and that's not success either. So I think the the entire journey has been really really fun. Like I've I I loved going to school actually because. You know, you have these people still believing that, you know, the world's their oyster and they can actually make a huge difference. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and that. What do you, what, what do you do with your kids? And because, because I think a lot of times when things are challenging, mm-hmm. the challenge is what brings forth the fruit, right? And so how do you manage um, giving everything you can for your kids, but also. I'm I'm assuming I'm making a yeah. guess. You also want them to be able to do things on their own. And, yeah. And yeah. yeah. How do you balance that? You know, um, so one thing I had to do is I had to marry someone who had a very healthy upbringing. I knew that from the start. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, I was going to be a real shitty parent. Um, yeah. So I married. So smart. <laughs> I married someone who is just literally has the world's most amazing parents. It's disgusting. Like apple pie baking grandmother that gives nothing but pure love and kindness. And so, and so, and they're just so put together. Um, So, so I, I, I lucked out that way. I, I, I married someone who can guide me through like that. Um, Yeah. I have to say that I think we're a pretty good, 
balance. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm very hands off with my kids. Like, you know, sign, sign that form. I don't care. Here's some petty cash. Grab the money you need. Don't tell me. Just do it. Um, but my, but my kids, I mean, just to give you an example, my daughter is 16. She went to Harvard summer school, did two undergrad classes. My, my son since the age of, you know, fifth grade, yeah, fifth grade has been in John Hopkins writing courses and like was busting it, but he did it himself because I'm not going to sign the forms, bust himself into really? middle school. For, so he did yeah, it himself. Math. And, and my kids are brilliant, but they're also very athletic, very nice. And I think it's because there's this balance of, oh, potty mouth mom and really like aristocrat <laughs> kind of dad. And so between the two of us, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, but, um, yeah, my, so my husband's a neuroscientist and, and he's also a professor here, just a really amazing human being. So you said you had one older sister, any other siblings? Uh, no, just my sister. Just Mm -hmm. the older sister. Mm -hmm. Okay. And are your parents still living? Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when, after they got divorced, did you spend more time with one or the other or no, it's so, just kind of whatever. Yeah. I mean, so my dad married a woman who didn't let him see me for 11 years. So, um, so I was with oh my, my mom. Um, um, but that shows the weakness of a man too, right? Like he could have been like, yeah, she's not a threat. Yeah. And, and, you know, she's my daughter. She's my daughter. Right? Um, yes. So, so that's definitely something also looking in a partner, like if I die or if we divorce, you know, just please make sure your kids are priority, right? Don't, you know, it's not that you can't make your significant other important too, but they shouldn't try to interfere with that relationship. I mean, with me, fine, but yeah. yeah. And so, um, has that healed? You know, you can't, you can't pick your parents. I mean, they, man. My parents, I could give you a laundry list of stuff that would horrify you, but like, but in the end, they really, really loved me. And, and I think they did the best they could super mature. Um, you know, when I, since I was 12, I spent Christmas on my own because they were out traveling somewhere, having affairs, like things like that. You can't imagine all the stuff that happened to me alone. My gosh. And so like, and the neglect was really severe, but, but in the end I talked to them about it. They begged, not begged because I don't need them to beg, but they asked for forgiveness and I forgave them. And yes. you know, who cares? How did you get to how that? How did I get to that? How did you get to accept, how did you get to acceptance and then forgiveness? Well, did you work through that? Like, did you have a therapist to help you work no, through I that? I had a therapist. Um, I, I think, I think I, uh, well, for one, I, I love my parents, even with all their faults. They're still really good people. Mm-hmm. They just were shitty parents. And parents. yeah, they were just really shitty parents. And, and, you know, no one teaches you how to be a parent. And they were selfish and they were young and they were wrapped up in their own personal problems. And they just had kids, you know, so they had them and... Um, but they loved us and uh, the best way they could. And if I, I think the only time I felt resentment was when I'd go to the, all my friends' homes, the Cuban homes, and and their families were put yes. together, whereas mine was completely broken. And so, um, 
And I wish my dad would call me on my birthday. I wish my dad would call me, you know, Christmas when I was young. I wish he would, you know, I wish, I wish, but he's not that person and that's okay. Like I, I don't, you can't change people. Like, and I think one thing I, I learned very early on was, you know, you do things because you want to do it, not because you expect things in return. So I call him on, you know, I call him on my birthday because I want him to tell me That's happy birthday. So right? I'm like, dad, it's my birthday. And he gets so excited on the other line. He's like, oh my God, happy birthday. So it's not, Stop yeah, it. so it's Stop. Like, yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, but if I set the expectation that, oh, if I sit there and like mope, oh, is he going to call me? Of course I'm going to yes. be disappointed, you know? And so, so I just need to work with who they are and that's okay. Like that's who they are. And, and I have stuff too. Like I'm, I'm far from perfect. If you want to, if you get a book and what is a perfect parent, I'm sure I like have lots of things that are not part of that. I love this quote, uh, premeditated expectations become resentments. And I love what you just said. God, I love that you just said, I want to hear my dad say happy birthday on my birthday. So I call him. I think that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like it seems so simple, but it's not, it's really not. Cause that could take like years for somebody to figure out and you're okay with it. And then when he, when he does wish you happy birthday, he's, yeah, so he's excited, super excited. Like you yeah. Said. It's yeah. 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 And we laugh and everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because I've known, I know him, right? And I know, and I know he doesn't, yeah, their intentions are good. You know, the execution, not so much, but the intention is good. (laughs) And so, yeah, and also they're older now, right? They have less going on. Yes, they're softer probably, yeah. yeah. Was there anyone growing up who, like a grandmother or a teacher or a mentor or somebody that showed you that? that love I had a grandmother that I got left at every weekend um but she wasn't my grandmother my grandmother grandmother was more like have you ever seen the movie Sybil like Sybil's mother yes like that was my real grandmother so I never got left with her I got left with her sister who was like the antithesis of her and so like um just somehow I don't know good was born and evil was born in the other direction and so, yeah, so she, my, I think of my grandmother, aunt as my grandmother. So she, yeah, she loved me to death. So I you know, make all my favorite treats and stuff. So I was always with her. Yeah. So I had a lot of, love. okay. So you, yeah. were, you did have that yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yes. Did. I did. I mean, she was in, insanely religious, but, um, but, you know, and there were times like when we lost our home and I, I lived with her. Um, mm-hmm. I had three jobs. I worked at TGI Fridays. Oh I worked at Bennigan's. I went to school and, and I, and then I took a job as a medical filer cabinet thing or whatever and, and billing just to be in the hospital environment, uh, which was the worst paying job. But at Bennigan's, I would, I had these, I would do double shifts on Fridays and Saturdays, which started at 11 a.m. till 4 a.m. because it closed at, no, it closed at 2 a.m. And then I would stay till 4 a.m. And then I was hungry. So I'd go to the local diner next door and then I'd get home by like six. And then I'd have to start that over again by 11. But when I would get home, of course, I had this like big wad of $300 singles, right? 
and so even though yes. I had Bennigan's clothes with these ugly straps and the apron <laughs> smelled like grease and it was in times when you could still smoke yeah. in the so I smelled like cigarettes yes, yes, and yes, probably yes. daiquiris uh. that spilled on me and so forth and when I would walk into her house, she would be like, oh, my God, you're a prostitute. Look at all these singles. And, and I'm like, I'm not a prostitute. And she's like, you're stripping at a club. Or like, I'm so like, and, and she would just be so mad at me. So she'd spend the entire morning yelling at me, telling me that Jesus is going to burn me in hell or, or send no, me to hell. Or no. I don't know. Anyway, and I'm just like, can I just please sleep? Can you just please let me sleep? sleep. I'm, I promise that I'm not prostitute. And so, um, so, so in that sense, she wasn't like understanding because she, you know, she was from that a different time, yeah. and she didn't understand why I always yes. had to run out the door. I'm like, because I'm doing a lot of things. I'm making, I'm making money. money and going yes. to school, and I need to study, and yeah. So, and it was, yeah, it was very hard for her. But, but as a kid, oh she was she was very supportive and kind. Mm. So, love yeah. that. What do you think your upbringing, uh, that kind of upbringing, what was the, the greatest gift that you got from that? From, from my upbringing? Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, if I could go back in time and avoid a whole bunch of stuff, I would. So do I have regrets? I yeah. don't have regrets, but would I have changed things? Absolutely. Like I wouldn't have done mm-hmm. drugs and I would have probably stayed away from certain people. And I, yeah, I, actually a lot of things <laughs> differently. Um, <laughs> and, and one can say, well, then, you know, you wouldn't be who you are. I think I would be better. Um, I think I missed out on the, you know, you can see, I can see that there are gaps in my knowledge, right. That I wish I wouldn't have missed out. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, you just can't gain it later on in life like it's it's like okay give me an example give me an example so for instance writing skills right like I I fortunately I have a husband who's an amazing writer I have lots of great ideas I can synthesize thoughts and see holes I'm very good with patterns but writing like I can write grammatically correct that's fine but I can't phrase what I'm trying to say in a way that that, that really sells it, sells the ideas that, that captivates an individual. So I'll write something and it'll take me three months to put it together. And then my husband just edits it in like three hours and turns something really that's beautiful, but so not polished into gold. And then I'm like, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. I could have literally stared at these sentences for another year and would have never come up with the way that you framed it and phrased it and so forth. And I think that was just because he, his mother, um, he just read a lot and you just, it, it time goes by and, and I just don't have the bandwidth to to read the volumes of literature that he read growing up and throughout his, yeah. And throughout his life all the way until graduate school, right. There's a period for that. And, and I just, I miss that. And so, and I'm trying, like I still, I still, I will, I will read things, but I, I just, yeah, I feel like I just, just not, don't have it's it. It's just not yeah. your strength zone. So that's, yes. that's an example. Yeah. So you, to my question, you would say, I would change something. Oh, I would change a ton of things. Said, yeah. Yeah. But it also, you wouldn't be who you are today either, right? Um, 
Did you say that or did no, I make no, that up? No, I, I, think, I think one would say that, oh, well, I wouldn't be who I am today. But I think I would be who I am today and better. You'd be yeah, better. I think I, I don't, yeah. you know. I love that answer because yeah. it's so real and it's so honest. Like, <laughs> well, I, I'd be fucking better. <laughs> I would, exactly. The With the effort be is exactly it. Like, I wouldn't, you know, yeah, I would be better. Um, I don't, yeah. But, but I don't feel bad. Like, I feel fine. Like, I, I really feel... You're doing pretty yeah. good. Doing yeah, pretty I, good. Like, I, I do love my life. And I see my work as, an, as like, my lab is my art studio. So... Um, okay, tell a little bit about the lab and what you work on. I think it's cool. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I study the immune system, and I study the cells that... Um, well, I used to study the cells that educate you... A, against something so like when like in this uh covid vaccines right we're developing antibodies against the spike protein or and 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 portions of the virus and there's it's an it's an adaptive right because you're you're educating the immune system so so the cells that actually do the education are not your b cells that secrete the antibodies or your t cells that kill the virally infected cells those are already those are the soldiers the general is the ones that okay. I work with. And how do you use that to develop um, cancer immunotherapies um, and vaccine design was one of, was, was in, in the past. But now I just, I, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but um, like I do science because I think it is so incredibly fascinating, like what these little universes, how they exist within their worlds of worlds. And, and I just like uncovering and discovering it, you know, the, the, the unanswered questions of mankind. And, and it's, it's just so beautiful and complex, but yet there's, there's structure to it. And, and, and as technology advances and we're able to do like, um, we're able to see the entire genome of a single cell and millions of cells in one given go. I mean, it's just it's amazing. And then you really start seeing how, yeah, there's worlds within worlds. Like what you used to think was one really blah cell that just, like as an example, I did this study where I was looking at alveolar macrophages, right? What are those? Those are these... Ma- what does that mean? I don't know what that means. So there's, it's, it's this immune cell that, uh, that just makes sure that with all the microbes that come in every day, right? So your lungs, like if you put every cell side by side, it's the size of a tennis court. And it's filtering away the external world from the internal oh. world and so that gas can exchange. And this immune cell makes sure that things okay. get cleared, right? And I always thought okay. of them as okay. very simple, just these eating, microbial eating, clearing cells. Boom, like nothing. They're super boring. I just did a, 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 a single cell sequencing analysis. So this is, you know, looking at the genome of every single cell. And I thought they'd all look exactly the same. In fact, no. Yes. It's like, it's, it's like a, it's a team of players and I won't get into the science cause I know this is not really what this is about, but I, it, it was an yeah. entire restaurant. Like there was a hostess and there was like <laughs> 10 waiters and there were four cooks and there was two managers, you know, and, and there were the cleaners. Like it was just so diverse and amazing. And you can see like the division of labor and the complexity within this restaurant where I thought it was just a concrete building that just exists where you just shove some things in it when it, when actually it's incredibly dynamic, that, that really simple, boring cell turned into this really dynamic 
cell type. And then, and then anyway, and what you can do with that is understand disease. So what do you do with that knowing that? Also, can I ask you a question? This is total yeah. sidebar. I have never got, I have never gotten COVID that uh-huh. I know of. Is there really a Novid kind of person? Can I be a Novid? Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> Novid, about? Like not get COVID? Yeah, sure. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I mean, I think that there are lots of, there are lots of like different levels, right? How much goes in? Which of the strains do you get? You know, um, if, 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 you know, what's the distance in cough that you got exposed? If it was very distal, you might clear it right away with just mucus and a few, and a few immune cells right up front. If you like, if someone like spits yeah. in your mouth, you might actually get it, you know? So like, I think it depends on one, the, 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 the concentration that you get okay. exposed to, to this, your, your actual immune system. Like I, th- I think there are a lot of immunodeficiencies, a lot of immunodeficiencies, meaning just little small alterations in your genome that can make you susceptible. And you just need that kind of pathogen to bring out the fact that you are immunodeficient to something. So these like people who are like, I'm perfectly healthy. I don't know what happened. Well, they probably had some kind of immunodeficiency they were unaware of that allowed them to survive with everything else. Um, Yes. Okay. So that that was a sidebar. That was a total sidebar. Plus I wanted to get in there listeners that yes, I am. (laughs) Secondly, you don't know for sure. So just to to throw this this out there, just real quick, real quick. Um, So, so we, I was this Christmas, we, uh, we went skiing and I was puking my brains out up up at the high altitude. And I was like, Oh geez, I have altitude sickness. Because this isn't COVID symptoms, yes. but I'm still going to test. And I tested super positive. And then my kids have been mm-hmm. hanging out. And then I tested my entire family, which was five of us. We were all positive. And then I tested the grandparents who are like 80 and 78. They were positive, but yes. none of us had any symptoms. And granted that we've also all been vaccinated, but um, none of us had symptoms. So, so had I not been barfing? Barfing. We would have never known that we got exposed. Nobody would have known. And, I know. And yeah, and and nor we wouldn't have tested. Yeah. So what do you do? Okay, thank you for <laughs> that. And I just love being able to talk about it. What do you do? That okay? You talked about how you found this restaurant. So what then do you do with that? Oh, right, right. So like, why is the restaurant failing? Because it turns out they hired ten managers and they only have one waiter. For, for a seating, uh, a seating facility of 200, right? And so then, so you start, you can test diseases and see what's going wrong, right? And start looking at how, Very right, cool. at how there's shifts and change in the, in the way they're responding to a given environment. <laughs> yeah. So is all your work research or do you see patients? All my work is research. Yeah. Always. All research. Okay. Did you always wanted to go into research? Did you always know that? Uh, no, I don't think like, I don't think growing up that, that we even knew about that, right? We just knew you could be a doctor, lawyer, right. and a business person, right? And, and a teacher or yeah. a nurse or something like that. But um, no, I didn't, I didn't know about, I didn't know about that I could do research, but in the process in school, I was, I was, I joined labs and I started doing research and then I took this immunology course and it was, it had like 300 students 
And it was notoriously known for, for people not passing. And I was one of the four students to get an A. So when I went to go oh tell the professor and tell him, thank you, I walked into his office and he's like, there's nothing I can do about your D. And I was like, well, I was actually one of your students who got D. an A. And he's like, oh, oh, which one were you? And so then I was like, oh, my God. I was like oh, Claudia. Took anyway, yeah. So um, <laughs> that was a bit insulting. But um, that's cute. But that's cute, though. So then were you like, I want to go into this? Was that your nod? Like, It just resonates with me. It's so complex that um, no part works without the other you realize these systems are, I mean, we're just, I'm not, I'm not religious. I actually don't believe in God, but, but if I, I do believe in the universe. And I think that we have been designed in a way to be perfect. Like that every part works with the other part. Yes. There are people who have deficiencies, but, but in general, if you're relatively healthy, I do believe we're perfect reflections of the universe and love and, and God. Right. And so, um, yeah. And, and so in my research, I don't see redundancies. I hate that word now, What I see is compensation. So like, I don't understand what that means though. Anyway, when you say redundancies, right? So you can, the car can still run if you scratch it. Right. Um, yes. and you can ding yes. it on all sorts of ways. You can even, this is the compensation part. You can remove the passenger seat. And someone can still sit in that space. It's not comfortable. Yes. But that's your compensation. Yes. Maybe throw in a pillow or something. But like, um, so, 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 but I don't see redundancy. And for a long time in science, people think that, you know, things are redundant. Like you create two things in case one isn't working, the other one takes over. And, and which yes. means redundancy in my, in my world would mean that they are equally capable of doing the exact same thing. But I, I don't see that. I see that they were meant to do different things, but now it's compensating for the absence of that one Got thing. It. And so when you start seeing these patterns, you realize, wow, we were really designed to be as perfect as we can possibly be in this stage and evolution of our existence, right? And, and it's just, it's really phenomenal and beautiful. All right. I, that is like, honestly, the most beautiful ending. I love that. In fact, listeners, when you see this on social media, I bet I'm going to pull that clip out because that was just remarkable. Oh, okay. Claudia, thank you so much for being on the show today. I so appreciate your time because I know you're incredibly busy, not only working, but raising three kids and being a great wife. And you're thank awesome. You. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here and for inviting me. Thanks. I want to thank everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on social media outlets at Fail Forward Pod.